I want to bring you a word about the way of the successful Christian. That's a lot of that's a lot of territory. The way of the successful Christian. So I want you to pay attention this morning, not to what I'm going to say, but what is said, what he speaks to you. Holy Ghost is in you. He's not he's not off visiting Uncle Jack. He is right there inside and he wants to minister to you. So we're going to give him a place. We're going to give him we're going to stop our lives. We're going to turn off thinking about the projects that are due next week and what you left left over from last week. We're going to stop all that and we're going to give our hearts to be changed. We're not changed by external events. Life is not an action, it's a reaction. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do when something happens to you. It's absolutely, totally true every time. Nobody has a story that they can say, well, you ought to hear my story. Well, yeah, we, we've heard your story. We've probably got a better one than you do, but it doesn't matter. We can't say, well, this is the way I was raised or this is the way I was taught or this is what happened to me. And that I'm that way because of that. We have to say, I'm that way because I wouldn't change. So we got to change. And change takes time. So we're in a process of change. We sit under the word and we change one part. We'd like to just remove the whole transmission or the whole engine and put a new one in, but... That did happen to our spirit when we got born again. We did get recreated and regenerated. A whole new you came in. But in our mind, the Lord just sends out for parts. <laughs> he can't jerk your mind out. If you, liked, if you liked chocolate before you got born again, probably you're still looking for a Hershey bar. Hallelujah. So we have to, remove, we have to renew our mind. The word says to renovate it. So that's what we're doing. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. The way of the successful Christian. That ought to be an interesting subject. I want to be successful. How about you? I am a Christian, but I want to be successful. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of Christians that were not successful. They gave the Christian faith a bad name. They were a bad testimonies. Matter of fact, so much so that the heathen, the sinner, the people that don't even know God looked at those Christians and said, dear Lord, if they're going to heaven, I, what do I need to do what they're doing for? I'm doing better than they are. And they would probably be right. They're more ethical. They're more moral. They're more honest. Uh, they'd be right. So those Christians give us all a bad name. But it doesn't matter. We, we are who he made us. And when we own it, it's when we are a demonstration. So in Matthew chapter 11, the Lord Jesus, it's red letter all through there in chapter 11. He says in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we talked about this last Sunday, that cryptically, or, or actually, he's prophetically talking about the new birth, isn't he? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor. So that's talking about the un, unborn again man. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. Then in verse 30, 
he sums it up. He tells us what we need to know about this life as a Christian. He said, my yoke is easy. He's talking about the yoke of the new birth, but, but his life, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, you don't get that in the world. There's just, there's always a caveat attached to everything that's good. There's a downside. Uh, the amplified version, the multiple choice says, my yoke is wholesome. And then, you know, it has the brackets and it says useful, good, not harsh. My yoke is not hard, not sharp, not pressing, but comfortable. Jesus said, my yoke is comfortable. He's talking about getting in a yoke. We all like, I don't, I don't want any, I want to be free. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want to, I want to be free, not be with anybody. But he said that the truth that you know, the truth you know will set you free. And so until you know truth, you're not free. So he said, my yoke is easy. He said, it's my yoke is comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. I tell you, we're born again, and the best life that can be had is in you right now. There is not a better thing. There's not that you didn't give up anything in the world to become a Christian. You just had to change the way you experience it, but it's way better. He said, and my burden is light and easy to be born. So I looked up the word yoke. We ought to know what the words mean. My yoke is easy. What does that mean, my yoke? Well, we think of, or I do, of uh, a team of oxen in a yoke that ties them together so that when they pull whatever, the, a wagon or a plow or whatever, they pull it together. It harnesses two entities or more and pulls them together. Uh, the word talks about, uh, where was it in uh, Elisha, had 12 yoke of oxen. But here he's saying that the word yoke means a joining or a coupling. So he said, get in the yoke. Join Jesus. Well, we don't want to join anybody. We want to be our own man. We want to be in control. We want to be the boss. We want to have whatever goes. We want to be in control. But he said, that's not how you're going to have your best life. He said, you need to be coupled. You need to be joined. The word means servitude. Servitude is when one person serves another person. Well, that sounds terrible, but what, what it's talking about is they're in unity. The boss or the one that's being served tells the servant, this is what I want. They communicate, they get on the same page, and the servant does, gets accomplished what the master wants done. They're in agreement. And that's what the yoke is. We're in agreement with Jesus when we get in his yoke. And the more we get in the yoke, the easier it is. I looked up the word easy because I thought somebody might raise their hand and say, what does that mean? And it means the obvious. It means better. My yoke is better. My yoke is gracious. And my yoke, this is what the dictionary said, my yoke is kind. Being in the yoke with Jesus is the kindest thing you'll ever do to your future. And so the more, it's not a matter, well, I'm born again, I'm in the yoke. That's not necessarily true. We could be kind of in the yoke and not really in the yoke. We could be pulling off this away, 
when the other ox or whatever it is is going this way, Jesus is going this way, and we're, we're always trying to pull him off and go another way. He said, my yoke is better. It'll be the best life you can have if you'll get in agreement with me. Not that he's the master, although he certainly is, but that we agree with him on a common goal. So the best life you can have is to be in the yoke. I want to be in the yoke. Well, he's made a place for me to be in the yoke. Praise God. I can get in the yoke with him. I'm not some like a Buddha or a Hindu or a, uh, those, those religions or whatever that you, you sacrifice, you, you give up your children, you, you give up your life for that. Somebody's not happy. The Buddhists aren't happy because they're just trying to get into some sort of nirvana or some sort of heaven or whatever that is by just pleasing their master. And they're not in agreement at all. They just think it'll be better to someday be better than going to some sort of hell. But it's not that way with Jesus. He said, I'll give you heaven and it'll be like heaven all the way. What a deal. There's nobody else that's making that deal to us. It says, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you to my heaven, but until you get here, it'll be just like heaven. There'll be days of heaven on earth. Ah, oh, that's a new gospel. That's not the gospel we've been hearing for years and years. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll meditate on that just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I like this verse. The way of the successful Christian, there's a path. And it's different than the path that we've been on, so to speak. Conventional. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look in verse 9. Paul's writing a letter to the church at Corinth in Greece. He's writing them this letter. And he quotes the Old Testament. He starts out in verse 9. He says, but as it is written. So he quotes the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is in Isaiah 64. And in verse 4, the Old Testament says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear Neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. So that's in the Old Testament. Isaiah said that prophetically. Well, Paul says in verse 9, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Oh, my. So there's a mystery. It's been hidden for us. But there's a mystery. What the Lord has for you and me has not been revealed. Well, how do you get it revealed? You get in the yoke. He doesn't say, well, try this package out and if you like it, get in the yoke. He said, get in the yoke. And you'll see. So we got to get in the yoke first. We got to. It's called faith. We believe the word, and so we say, I'm, 
His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I'm going to get in the yoke and just see what happens. And he says, once you get in the yoke, the more you get in the yoke, the better you get in the yoke, the more he reveals what God hath prepared for them that love him. It's amazing. Uh, verse 10 says, but God hath revealed them. So he hath revealed them. Now they take this verse in verse nine and they try to quit there. Religion tries to quit in verse nine and says, well, well God, nobody knows what God, you never know what God's going to do. Because they say, well, look, here it says, it's not even entered into the heart of the man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love them. But in verse 10, it says, but God hath revealed them. Amen. So it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. It's just, it's got to be found. But God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. Oh, you got to be in the yoke, the spirit yoke. You got to get in him with him in the spirit, not just by head ascent. And say, Lord, I'm in. I love you. I don't know all that you've got for me, but I love you. And I'm in the yoke. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what I'm in. He said, listen, since you're in, I'm going to open another door and I'm going to show you what in looks like. I'm going to show you what being in the yoke, what it looks like. Well, how are you going to do that, Lord? By my spirit. Because God is spirit. He's not a mind. He's not a body. He is a spirit. Well, I, I, a third of you and me is spirit. Actually, all of you is spirit. But we have a soul. We have a mind, a will, an emotion. And we have a body. But if God was going to communicate to me, he would communicate into my spirit. Just like you would go to an English-speaking person, you and I, how would we communicate with them? Through English. Or if they were Spanish, we would, you know, we'd go to them with who they were. And God said, I'm going to be talking to you about who, to you in, the, in who you are, in the spirit. Oh, so my head might not know about it. That's right. But when you get in the yoke, when you get in the spirit, you're going to know about it. Uh, so... If we, chapter six, now hold your finger right there. Hold your finger right there and go to chapter six. It's just, it's the next page in my Bible. In chapter six, verse 17. We're talking about the yoke. We're talking about, he reveals it to the by, by the spirit. In verse 17, let's read it together. Verse 17, ready, read. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Oh, so we're one spirit with the Lord. How did that happen? At the new birth. When we got saved, much more happened than what we thought happened. We just said yes to Jesus. Yes, I'll get in the yoke. And immediately things happen. You got the same spirit of faith that Jesus has. Galatians 2.20 says that. You got the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which has been revealed unto us. That happened at the new birth. Did you feel it? No, I didn't feel anything, but it was a deposit. If somebody comes by and, and uh, goes to your bank and has your account number and said, I want to put a thousand dollars in Melissa's account, she wouldn't feel it. 
Now, she would down the road, she, when, if, she, if she balances her bank statement, she'd look, say, looky, looky, here's $1,000. She'd look at it on the, on the image and say, look what Michael Ray did for me. And then she'd have a feeling, but she wouldn't know about it until they don't call and say, look, look what happened today. Well, that's the way it is with the Lord at the new birth. Things happen. Deposits were made. Transformations were accomplished. And it happened. Well, how do you know about it? Well, you've got to look at the statement. If you don't know, if you don't read this, you won't know what you have in your account. Well, I don't I didn't feel it. And it, it, I don't feel richer. That, that's how it works, isn't it? But you are. A thousand dollars or whatever. I get a certain little check from the government every month. I'm not telling you how old I am, but I'm old enough. <laughs> and I don't say that you should get that old to get a check. But if you're going to get that old anyway, get a check. And I know on the second Wednesday of every month, cha-ching, U.S. government puts a check, a deposit into my account. And I tried it the other day and you can spend it and the bank doesn't get mad. They let you do it. It's in there. I'm telling you. Well, that's what happened at the new birth. More than we thought. How much more? They're not revealed to us by the flesh, it's by the spirit. So that means I have to trust him in the spirit. I have to read this black ink on this white paper and I have to let him speak to me through what he's written down. It's in your Bible, my Bible. It's all the same black ink, all in English in my case. But I understand it. And when I believe it, when I believe it, then he reveals it to it to me by his spirit when I believe it. Do I feel like the righteousness of God? Do I feel like I always triumph in him? Do I feel like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Not at all. But by the spirit, I know, and therefore I act on it. We're in the yoke together. I'm in the yoke. Now you can resist the yoke and say, I, until I feel it. Well, you're not in the spirit if you have to feel it. And you won't know anything. You'll be done as, dumb as a rock. Dumb as a post. Posts are not smart, y'all. I'm just telling y'all how that works. Hallelujah. So, um, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And it says he reveals things to us by his spirit. So if he and I are joined in here, the spirit of Michael, the spirit of Deborah, the spirit of Lynn... All right, we're joined in here, not over there, not up here, not someday. Right now, he is here. And when he moved in, when the new birth happened, when I got saved, I got the mind of Christ. Not up here. If your IQ is 42, well, it's, it's going to improve, but it's, it didn't change. I hope it's more than 42, though. Hallelujah. Listen to this scripture. It's in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Right there. You can look at it with me. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Now, we've just been talking about secret things, things that are not revealed except in the spirit. 
They're secret. They're, they're gods. It says those things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, how are we going to get them revealed? In the spirit. How, does, how do you get them revealed in the spirit? By faith. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is, is, is charged up by hearing and hearing by the word. But those things which are revealed, un, belo, revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So to do what God's called you to do and me to do, I need some secrets revealed. Uh, we talked the other day about uh, the, the, uh, the love language that apparently we all have a part of. There's different love languages that are in your personality because each one of us are unique. And it takes all of us. Everybody wants their salad to have a few extra things in it. Everybody wants their baked potato to have something on top of it. Everybody wants their steak to, you know, we don't want just the thing. And so he made each one of us. He made us different in our spirit, but also in our personality. So there's love languages. There's things that we are have a bent toward. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about motivational gifts that are inside of us. And we discover them by our desires, our inclinations, our what what excites us. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things in Romans 12. But in the love in the love languages, you can have a bent that what pleases you or pleases me. It can be acts of service. It can be gifts. It can be affirming words. It could be uh, uh, touch different things that you and I react to based on who we are in him. Well, you've got to discover those. They're not in the Bible. They're not something. Somebody's just come up with that. But it seems to be true. It seems to be have uh, something valid. So we discover who we are by looking for the secret things. And the secret things are revealed. He reveals them. Well, what, who, who could know them? Someone that's looking for them. Right. Someone that's interested. Right. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Because I'm more than just a human being that got saved and we're all just cloned all exactly the same. We're all peculiar and different and, and, and indescribable and innovative and very exciting. We get excited by other people because they're not just like us. Aren't you glad everybody's not like me? <laughs> I know Deborah Ann is. It's like, ah, it's a good thing. Praise God. But the point is, and here's the point, and I know this seems a little deep, but you'll, you'll get it, is that we're all operating by secret powers. They're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. They're hidden so that you'll look for them. When children play hide and seek or whatever, the whole thing is to, is to hide so somebody will have to find you. That's fun to be discovered. And it is fun to be discovered. So if you try to make your life fit what somebody else is, you're going to be just as born again and just as full of life, but you won't be satisfied if you try to mimic or 
or uh, uh, re replicate somebody else's life. Oh, I just wish I was a singer. Now, how many of y'all know how I sing, how that would work out? <laughs> I'd be the man by the gate beautiful with a little cup for alms. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's not my gift. And I discovered that. And other people have reminded me of that. They told me in choir. I'm telling you, I was in high school choir and we went to contest. And Ms. Shock said, don't say a word. You be doing this, but you don't have anything coming from here. Hurt my feelings. I quit choir over that. She said, you, you hadn't got it, Michael. But we got it. So you can stand up there and just sing, but don't say anything. Hurt my feelings. But it's been verified since then. Hallelujah. So this uh, secret things belong to the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us. So once you discover it, you can run with it. You can run with it. One of the gifts in, in uh, Romans chapter 12 is called a paymaster. Uh, it talks about in his giving, let him give with liberality. Well, we're all called to be liberal. We're all toward, called to be generous. That's the new birth. That's who we are in him. But he actually empowers some people to make money supernaturally. It's just easy for them. The world calls it the Midas touch. Y'all ever heard that? Yes. Sure. And you go, what is that? Well, they're just lucky. Well, no, they're not just lucky. They've discovered their gift and they run with it. And the thing about that, that uh, gift of paymaster, money doesn't mean anything to these people. Like mercy, someone that's merciful, they just flow in it. But it's not like, look at me, I'm merciful or, or whatever. They just flow in it and they don't care about money. These people that have the, the gift of paymaster, they're raised up to fund the kingdom more than, more than just your tithe and an offering. These people, they make more money on the weekends than some people make all year long. But they don't care about it for themselves. They just give it to the kingdom. Now, I'm a paymaster. And I just now discovered that gift and I am I have not put it into play and I have not uh, got it working. But I want it. And I believe by revelation, the secret thing that he's he said, I'm going to use you. But it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. It's not like something that I'm going to tell anybody about except you as an example. So we don't have to. Here's here's the other point is we don't have to cheat when we're Christians because our gift will make a place for us. We don't we don't have to connive or compete or get wound up about, well, he's ahead of me and he's they like him better than me. And I, I want to be seen like they are. No, that's not how the kingdom is. Your gift is plenty, but you got to find it and you find it in the spirit. Because you're in the yoke. And pulling with Jesus will get you to the other side. So we've got to find who we are. There are some amazing gifts in this room. Amazing. And I know about them. Because when you pray for people, you know about people. Well, I mean, I don't know things that I'm not supposed to know about you. But I know things about y'all 
from praying for you. And it's marvelous. It's just marvelous what's in this room alone. There's enough here to do it all. The Lord Jesus had 12. Then he had 70, but he had 12. You know, most of them are not mentioned much. Who's ever heard of Thaddeus? Who's ever heard of Matthias? They were part of the 12, but they didn't, they didn't exercise their gift. They didn't. But we all know who Simon Peter is and James and John and all that. Well, you ought to be known in the kingdom. The secret things belong to the Lord, but he said, but those things which are revealed belong to us. So I'm looking. Are you looking? God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit. Verse 10. I'm, I'm looking in verse 10 for the spirit searches all things. Yea, oh, oh, the deep things of God. God has deep things. You think he has shallow things? <laughs> I don't think so. I think his shallow things are deep things. But then he said, you ought to see this. Well, you, he's revealed them. So here it is. You can go as far as you want to. He doesn't have like special people over here. Well, that's my special people. And here's over here. These are my dull people. No, people are special and dull based on pursuit. I want to know who I am in him. I want to know what he made me because that's where I'll be happy. That's where I'll excel. That's where the gifts will flow. I won't be fighting. I won't be trying to be a singer when there is nothing there. You know, my problem, just personally telling you, I don't know when, I, when I'm singing, I don't know if I'm on the note that everybody else is singing. I, I can't hear it. You know, I'm, uh, I don't know if that's, that's what everybody else is singing or not. Except in rare cases, I find myself kind of, <laughs> it's just weird. But that's, that's, how, that's how it is to me. And then you have other people that just open their mouth and, you know, a bird and a choir and, a, you know, and it's so easy for them. And they hit every note and we all go, wow. They never said wow about me except to say, wow. <laughs> we, we didn't know that existed. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So uh, let's go on. Verse 11, verse 10. Let's read 1 Corinthians 2. 10, but God hath, he hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Could you say amen? That means that you can know more. You can know more because you're in the yoke and you got to know some things to pull with him. You got to know the one you're in the yoke with. Which way are we going and what are we going to be pulling and when, where do we turn left or right? What you got to know. You're a sorry little yoke partner. If you're just in there, just, you know, just having your own way. I believe I'll go get left today. I'll go right tomorrow. I'm going to stop this day. It's, that's not how it works in the yoke. You're, you're partnered with who's in the yoke. You're joined to the one in the yoke. You cooperate with the one in the yoke. I want to cooperate. The pulling will be easier. You know, they make these yokes. You see them at Cracker Barrel and some places like that, these old-timey yokes. 
And you can tell that some of them have been honed to fit the animal, the particular animal that they're going around. Both sides are not exactly the same. So it doesn't chafe or, or rub raw the animal that, that's pulling in the yoke. It's personalized, so to speak. And here he's talking about the secret things. He's personalized your yoke. Oh my, that's special. Oh my goodness. He has a yoke for me that I can max who I am pulling with him because the yoke is customized for me. He didn't just put us all in the singing yoke or the, the, the paymaster yoke. We all have a yoke and it's my job to find out what my yoke is. So if you just get up and eat breakfast and go to work and come home and plop down in front of the TV and then go to bed, you might could claim you're in a yoke, but you wouldn't know if you pulled anything or helped anything. There's more to the kingdom. Pastor Moss told me one time, uh, one of the most powerful things he's ever said to me, he said, the kingdom of heaven is way more developed than you and I know. And people that have slipped over into that kingdom have found the, seen the secret things, they know there's way, way more than what we're experiencing. Wow. With challenges and problems and things and people and de have solving problems, there's way more to what the kingdom has for us to solve problems and to be on top of things. Our life is supposed to be easy and our burden is supposed to be light. Like this is no big deal. Whatever you faced this last year and you said that was a trial, that was a booger, that was, that was, I'm glad I got on the other side of that. I mean, okay, we're glad you did too, but that's not the way it was supposed to be. Yoke is easy is different than yoke is just getting through the day somehow. Oh, I got to go to work today. Oh, I got to go see my kin folks. Oh. Well, you might really do that. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 12. I'm, 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 I'm working on it, y'all. <clears throat> now we have received. So here he's telling us how this works. Not the spirit of the world. Now, the spirit of the world, if you, if you write in your Bible, and you should, you could put out there by world, you could put the spirit of reason. That'd be our intellect. That would be our mind. That would be the senses. Well, if we've not received the spirit of the intellect or the reason, what have we received? But we have received the spirit which is of God. What spirit is that? That'd be the spirit of faith. Oh, we walk by faith and we live by faith. We don't live by the senses. He says, why, why do we have the spirit of God? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The word know there means discover or to understand. So it's not like, well, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, which is the emphasis almost every church brings that's evangelical, that talks about the new birth, that wants you to get saved. They talk about get saved and then they just push you aside and say, now, now that you're saved, you're on your own. You, until you get to heaven, you're just going to have to tough it out, fight it out, 
beat it out. It's just you're on your own. We don't do good. Don't do bad. Do the best you can. Stay out of trouble. Uh, be kind to people. Win somebody to Jesus if you can. That's generally the unspoken rules of, of that society. But that's not how it intended. When we get born again, we immediately start on what everybody else thinks would be left for heaven. We start pursuing who I am and what I'm called to do and the giftings that have been imparted to do that. And I'm a happy person in the doing of it. Because this yoke is easy. It, my life has been hard, but now it's easy. The more I know about that, the easier it is. The more I know about that, the lighter it is. It's like, this is no big deal. I'll just speak to the mountain and say to the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast in the sea. Not doubt in my heart, but believe those things which I say shall come to pass. I shall have whatsoever I saith. You go, well, how hard is that? How hard is that? It sounds like his yoke is easy. His burden is light. What things soever you desire when you pray, well, I can pray. Believe you receive them. I can do that. Because I've got faith. I'm, I'm a man of faith. You're a man or a woman of faith. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. That means not wait until your eyes or your ears or the, the mail comes. You just say, I got it. I got it. I believed I received. I've got it. And then he said, ye shall have Ye shall have them. That's Mark 11, 23 and 24. It's like, that's easy, Lord. It's got to be harder than that. Speak to cancer and it'll obey you. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in the heavenlies. That's too easy. Oh, compared to religion, it's way too easy. So that's why most all Christians never go there, never get there. They like a certain yoke to carry because they don't know that Jesus took away all their sin, took away all their humanness in the sense of natural and made us like him. As he is, what does it say? So are we in this world, 1 John 4. As he is, as he is. Oh, my. Oh, my. So when it says that uh, in verse verse 12, OK, oh, I got to get there. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. So the Amplified says that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessings so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. When's the last time you got up and said, I'm feeling lavishly bestowed upon right now? <laughs> it's like, oh, dear Lord, the, ball, the superintendent's coming in today and the district supervisor's coming in today and I got to be there early. And there you go. See, that's not lavish. I'm large and I'm in charge. How can you say that? Well, I just, just based on what the Bible says. 
Don't add anything to it. Don't make it better than you think it is. You can't. It's already better than you think it is. So you don't have to pump up the word of God and say, oh, you're just you're just making God better than he is. Can't do it. He's better than we think he is. And that's what the secret things that belong to the Lord. That's what they are, is the things that we don't think he is. We don't think he's that good. We don't think he's that consistent. We don't think that that when we've been bad, he'll still be good. We're willing to suffer a little bit. Well, I, you know, I missed it. So I deserve whatever comes. And, if it, you know, I, I had a hard week, but I deserved it. I mean, we'd never say it. We'd never say it, but we're condemned. And we're like, that's because last week I just thought bad things and I got mad at somebody and I said a naughty word and I, or whatever, whatever you think sin is. Instead of saying I confess this sin, 1 John 1, 9, and he's faithful and just to forgive me of sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Therefore, and you put the therefore right there, therefore, it's as if I never sinned. And then you just hit the, the lever, that trapdoor thing, and all your junk just goes down into the sea of his forgetfulness. And then the door comes back up and it's just standing there like, What's sin? They don't like this gospel. People don't like this gospel. They like to be condemned. They like to be fall short of the glory of God. They like to be failure oriented because every, nobody's perfect. And that's what brings that in. These little cliches. You never know what God's going to do or nobody's perfect. And so we're like, therefore, I can be what I feel like being and we never get in the yoke with Jesus. Well, that's good preaching. I'm going to watch the tape myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so it says that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. So I looked up Ephesians 3, 18, 19, and 20. And you know, it says that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know, to know, to understand to, to see the love of God. What is to see the love of God? God loves me right now. Well, you're not factoring in what you did yesterday. You were a little, you were a little nasty yesterday and you, you, you just didn't care and you, you went off on a bender yesterday. And No, I, I know the love of God and God loves me right now. Nobody thinks that way. You have to know some secrets. You have to understand the love of God. And then he goes on and says, which passes knowledge. So you got to get out of your head, don't you? You got to go out of your mind, so to speak. And then it says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that worketh in us. It's like this is so extreme that you have to grow. You have to you have to you have to pursue him to even be able to get your faith around it. You can't, be, you can't be in kindergarten and just say, oh yeah, that's easy. 
All you can do in kindergarten is say, I got saved and I'm going to heaven someday and God help me until then. Big devil, little God. And you can do that and they do it every day, but you don't have to. Instead of praying that God would get you out of your troubles, we should live a life that never gets in trouble. And that's the gospel that's out there right now. And it's true. God will. He's a very present help in time of trouble, the word says. Thank God. But that's not what he wants to do. He wants to deliver us out of trouble before we even get there. Let's see if we got just a minute more. Uh, Verse 13, let's read, let's get, let's get this little chapter done. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Can you say amen? amen. We have received it. Let's say amen. 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 Okay. I don't know if y'all are with me or not. I'll read it again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. The things which are freely given to us of God, freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things, the things which are freely given to us by God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Oh, we can't even describe them in regular words, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So he says you got to get in the spirit. How do you get in the spirit? You get in faith. What things whoever you desire when you pray, you believe you receive them, you shall have them. So you get in faith. You get in faith that I'm going to have a good week. You get in faith that your sore throat. I, I take authority over this sore throat in Jesus name. And I tell it to be gone. And I believe I receive it being gone. And therefore I have it in Jesus name. And doggone, if it doesn't go away and people say, I can't believe it. <laughs> but anyway, that's how you get in the spirit. Is you get in faith. That's where God is. He's a faith God. He, he doesn't know we're having troubles down here. He thinks he fixed them all. He thinks he bore your sickness and cured your disease. And by his stripes, we were healed. He thinks that he became poor that he, that, uh, uh, we threw, that he became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. That's what he thinks. Oh, God, you know how hard it is down here. He thinks he took it away. So he's waiting for somebody to say, I believe I receive the answer to my prayer, the solution to my problem, the victory. That's what he thinks. So when we talk to him in French, when he's over there communicating in faith, he doesn't always get it. And we sure don't either. So he's saying here, let's just sum it up. He's saying that it's not by mechanical words that we understand. It's by the Spirit. So what I'm telling you this morning is mechanical words, but you hear it by faith. What, what does it say in uh, Matthew 16, 17? Jesus told Peter, what did he say? He said, he said uh, he, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Do y'all remember that? Yes. But my father, which is in heaven. So it wasn't by mechanical words where he said, OK, do you remember on page 17 of your lesson where it said? No, he said. 
You got this by the Spirit, Peter. That's what we're getting. So guess what we do? We talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. This is what we talk about. How blessed we are and how God has already taken all the things that people are concerned and worried and anxious about. He's already solved them. So there's no need in saying, I, I got to get in prayer because I need some problems solved. He's already solved them. So we get in by revelation and see, oh, you've already solved that. You've already dealt with that. I need to believe I receive it when I pray. Because you think it's already done. The moment I think or believe it's already done, that's how it shows up. This is so good. We have the mind of Christ. Do y'all know it's in the Bible? I've got it right here. Second Corinthians 2.16. But we have the mind of Christ. So we are capable of thinking different than in English terms. So let's just sum it up here and I'll quit right here. We have been created the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. That's what that's not what he wants us to become. We have been created the uncommon man. I am the uncommon man. Pamela, you are the exceptional woman. That's who we are, Wendy. We are the exception. You are the exceptional woman. Not because you can sing, not because you can type or you can whatever, whatever we all do. It's because of the new birth. The greater one came in. Greater is he that is in me than everything I'll face. It's in there. But it's got to come out. And it comes out when I speak to the mountain. So you and I don't have any troubles. Here's the point of it. How to be the way of the successful Christian is, is you don't have any troubles. You may need some of the secret things that belong to God to be revealed to you. Because you've never been there before. This thing's, this thing's in front of you coming up. And you go, dear Lord, I've never seen that before. Ah, the secret things that belong to the Lord. The things that he has, that he has, what, what did it say there? Uh, uh, let me, God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. Then he goes down and says, oh, where is it? What is it? Here it is. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. That we might know, we might know, that we might discover, that we might have revelation. Like, oh, you want me to be rich. And here I am just trying to pay the bills. And you want me, you think that you've already cash that out. You've already paid that up for me to be rich, to have every need met so much so that I'm a demonstration, so much so that I, I fund things, so much so that people want to know what else I know because of what I know about that. Yeah, that's it. Well, that would be so easy. 
I wouldn't have to go be a hard sell soul winner. Oh, you're going to hell. You better get saved. You're going to go to hell. Well, that, you know, nobody, nobody wants to go to hell, but nobody's concerned about it because that's, that's 50 years away, even though it's probably tomorrow for some people. But they do want to know how they can get their bills paid and how they can get their body healed. And they'll listen to you when you lay hands on them and cancer goes. They start looking for you. Where is that woman that prayed for me? Oh, she gave me a little card. So we ought to get a little card. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness that is beyond comprehension. It's beyond our mind. It is beyond what we could ask or think. Hallelujah. It's so amazing. So we, we are in pursuit, Lord. I'm in pursuit. Everybody that's in pursuit ought to say that right now. I'm in pursuit. I'm in pursuit to know what you've made me, what you've called me to do, and what's in me to do it. It's in there already. I just don't know it. But I'm going to know it. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to believe what the Word says about me so I can believe all that you've said about me. It's just amazing. It's just beyond, it's just beyond my mind, but it's not beyond my spirit. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord, for this is a week of revelation at River Church and online. It's a week of revelation. I'm going to be asking you and you're going to be showing me your secrets that have been set apart for me. And I'm going to know more than I've ever known in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to say this. Isn't Jesus wonderful? He is so wonderful. He's done so much more than you thought. And we were all grateful to go to heaven. <laughs> Yay, babe. We're going to heaven. We're not going to that hellfire. That was good enough, but it wasn't good enough. It's not good enough. I mean, it's good. But you've never been there. You don't know what it is. You don't know what the other is. You don't know. But I do know to get my bills paid. And I do know to fix my in-laws. And I do know what that would feel like to get that fixed. And that's what makes it good enough.